I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female, where every week I speak with women changemakers who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. Due to our pandemic experience, we've all had to revisit the way we approach eating and meal prep. And we know that often the burden of meal planning falls on women a little more often than on men, along with other duties such as childcare. However, if you're a man listening to this and you're the cook in your household, we see you and we love you. And this is why I'm happy to partner with Good Food for this episode of the Brand is Female podcast. Good Food is truly revolutionizing the Canadian grocery experience as we know it. As a busy entrepreneur who's usually on the go, I'm here for all of it. Although home-cooked meals have become a new staple in my home, thank you lockdown. Good Food makes it ultra easy to try new food and flavors with their fast delivery in as little as one hour. I can choose between restaurant quality meal kits, ready to eat foods, and quality grocery selection, which truly gives me access to fun and healthy meals whenever I want. This is great for families or if like me when you're cooking for just one. For Toronto and Montreal listeners, you can now take advantage of free one-hour delivery and for everybody else, free same-day delivery. Visit makegoodfood.ca to learn more about how to get farm-fresh ingredients and chef-designed meals, and that would be a woman chef, delivered to your door fast. This week's is a delicious conversation as I chat with Jordana Rebner, Culinary Director for Good Food, a Canadian online grocery, home meal, and meal kit company. Carving her way through a typically male-dominated industry, Jordana is responsible for creating all of the delicious recipes Good Food has to offer today. Unsure of what kind of career she wanted to pursue after her studies, she enrolled in cooking school and the rest is history. She earned her stripes in fast-paced restaurants and in food manufacturing, and then took a leap of faith and came to work for Good Food, enticed by an exciting new formula on the market. She quickly overcame the unique challenges of the job, figuring out what kind of recipes Good Food members liked, working within constraints such as produce availability and seasonality, and creating menus with exciting levels of flavor and variety. Here is our conversation. Jordana, it's such a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you for making time to speak with me. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. And is it fair to say that this is your first podcast recording? It is definitely my first podcast recording. <laughs> I'm a lover of podcasts on the listening side, but it's my first time being a guest. So I'm really looking forward to it. Well, I'm honored it's it's with me and on The Brand is Female. So thank you for that. Um, and we have a, a, a very exciting topic since who doesn't like to talk about food? Um, and we'll get into all of that. But first, I want to ask you to go back in time a little bit and Growing up, what did you think you'd be doing later in life? And did, you know, the idea of becoming a chef or doing something that involved food was even an idea at that point? Or if not, what kind of career were you dreaming of? It's a wonderful question. I always think as a kid, I grew up, um, I was one of those children who didn't really know what they had a passion for. I was, you know, I was an average student. I liked to participate in extracurricular sports. 
uh, fun things after school, but I was never the most studious. I never uh, had a love of learning uh, in the traditional school sense, but, you know, I knew that was a path forward. So I was always hoping, like, I keep going, something will shout out at me as I, as I moved along through my education. So um, I went to university, I studied industrial relations, which was um, a great program because I was able to kind of get a sense of, uh, I did a, uh, it's an arts degree, but it has a basis in uh, management and economics and sociology. So, and mm-hmm. uh, most importantly, like the uh, labor relations, industrial relations part. So I got a really good taste of kind of di- an interdisciplinary uh, degree. But after that, I still had no idea what I wanted to do. And it was kind of like, what's, what am, where am I going to, where do I see myself? What do I love? And it was always a tough question for me, but then I kind of dug deep at that moment. I was still young at 21 years old and finishing a uh, university. I said, really, I really do love food. So at that time it wasn't quite a career. It was, I mean, the food network was something that had, that was on TV and people yeah. were kind of interested in it, but it wasn't like it is today. So I said, Hmm, Let's see where that, what I can explore in that field. So I looked around. There's a couple of culinary schools. I'm based in Montreal. So um, there's a couple of options. And then I found um, a program, part of the public school system. And I said, hey, it's a 10-month program. Um, it's quite affordable. Um, no pressure. I still lived at home with my parents. And I said, okay, no problem. Let's Let's try it out. And everyone was very supportive because... They're like, yeah, that makes sense. You always love to eat. You love to talk about food. You love to read about food. So mm-hmm. I decided, hey, cool. This could this could be at least you know buy myself some time and do something that uh, I think could be fun. So I went to culinary school and I did that for um, like almost a year. It was a ten month program, a, a full day, like back to high school hours at eight thirty to four thirty every day on your feet with your uniform. It was really. Um, like a, a kind of, it was a wonderful experience, but uh, a revisiting of an earlier kind of time in my life when you had such a structure after finishing uh, Cégep and university. Uh, so I did that. And honestly, I loved the learning aspect of it. it I finally found a school um, kind of education that I loved. Uh, it was very hands-on. Uh, you got to test, um, explore, you had a curriculum that you were following and you had different modules to learn about mm-hmm. vegetables and meats and, uh, you know, desserts and baking and all that fun stuff. It was really the basics. So kind of that led me to really discovering what my passion was. But finally, I found it at, at that point <laughs> in my life. Yeah. That's amazing. It, yeah. it always feels good, right? When we connect with what that passion actually is and things usually start really taking shape from there. Um, so yeah. curious to know what the next steps were and also knowing that um, typically, you know, uh, chefs or the food industry, the restaurant industry is quite male dominated. And we've heard, I think, especially in the past year, you know, so many accounts of the the toxic kind of, you know, patriarchal culture that's kind of unfortunately specific to a lot of, you know, restaurant uh, cultures or uh, other other businesses that have to do with food. Um, we're also seeing amazing women kind of changing the rules of the game. And it sounds like you're one of them. Uh, but what were your first steps in, you know, in the world of food uh, after finishing uh, culinary school? Uh, yeah, that's uh, a great uh, point as well. 
after the part of the educational program that I did, you had to do a stage, a couple of stages, so internships. So I did one at a catering uh, business and then one at a hotel, at a boutique hotel in Montreal. So after my um, stage at the hotel, they hired me because it was right around the t- busy summer season and they needed extra hands on deck. And um, I guess I looked like I could uh, listen well and uh, <laughs> not, I was extremely naive and extremely nervous. Um, so I was like, ah, oh, I don't know if I really want to do this, but they're like, please, we need help. So I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? So, um, yeah, I, I worked in a restaurant hotel, um, in a boutique hotel, which was a very high end place. And I will say, I think because I was so naive and I had no, like, of course you hear about the stuff that happens in a restaurant. You heard about it. It was, uh, you know, the Gordon Ramsay style yeah. uh, that you see kind of featured mm-hmm. on television. Um, so I had a, I, I wasn't going in like completely blind, but I didn't sort of know the culture of a restaurant. Mm. My, my end goal was like to kind of learn and get a sense of how to cook, learn on the job. And I think that was a very important piece to the puzzle of my career. Um, without that kind of immersion into that restaurant life, I don't think I would have the credibility that I had coming into the role at Good Food and um, just like moving my career forward. So I think it was very critical. However, um, to your point, yeah, it is a very difficult place to be. Um, it's a difficult place for male or female um, from what, right. uh, what I like, what I experienced and coming in very fresh uh, was definitely a challenge. And the those stories are not um, are 100% truthful. I've seen a lot of stuff that I, you would not expect to happen in any other workplace. Um, the culture, this was back in 2011. So there has been obviously light shed on the issues that have mm. been plaguing women in the restaurant industry. And I think it's much more at the forefront. And there are people in the business now that are working really hard to change it. Um, but I experienced that kind of thing. Um, it wasn't um, it being like a sheltered young female I wasn't expecting that stuff to really exist in the real world at that time I had just finished my degree in industrial relations and I'm like I know the labor laws this is not a thing that should happen but (laughs) like kind of you're like oh you're a bit shocked and um I was like okay well I I need to keep my head down and do my thing so I mean I wasn't thankfully I didn't experience terrible uh I don't even know how to refer to it, but like the terrible things that you've heard about, the terrible events, I didn't have that experience. I had a lot of male-dominated, power-hungry type of people around me, and but there was also some nice people as well. So like it wasn't all about experience, and I didn't um, get the brunt of and like the first-hand accounts of some of these terrible things. But I, I did see right. that this is an industry that needs fixing. But I was so young and so um, fresh into the into the business, I just said, you gotta, you gotta um, keep your head down and just Mm. cut your vegetables and prepare your station (laughs) and do what you needed to do to get through the day. Um, But of course, like had I had um, a much, like I had a, had a real firsthand account or things happened to me that was really unacceptable, I would have taken it further. But I I was fortunate not to have that, that those terrible accounts that you hear of, but I did see that this is an industry that needs revolutionizing. This is a place where it's okay to yell at people. It's okay to tell people like, you're, you're bad, you're not right. And like, that's contrary to everything I had learned and been told my whole life. Like it's not, there's no stupid questions. There's no stupid things. Everyone's like, that's not how it was in a restaurant. So, um, 
Yeah, that, that's, a, that's the answer that I have. And uh, fortunately, mm-hmm. now, 10 years later, um, there has been a lot of work done. And I, I see that there's change happening. Uh, but I also spent a short period of time working in restaurants uh, because I wanted to get out and be able to hone in my love of food, but also have that business kind of uh, aspect to it as well. So I was mm-hmm. able to get out and not, you know, spend too many years in that difficult, challenging, toxic environment. And were there women who you looked up to or who inspired you and maybe your role models, you know, were not women, but um, was there kind of a, you know, a source of inspiration in maybe other other chefs that you were working with or uh, other, other leaders just in the industry in general? Yeah, I worked with some very wonderful, talented female chefs at the restaurant that I worked in. I started there and I was, like I said, very fresh right out of school. You don't really know what you're doing. And um, I worked with a wonderful female chef and she uh, basically was the glue that kept that kitchen together. Her station was uh, all the vegetables and all the sides that went with the main courses. So when I got there, she was like, everyone knew that she was like, you didn't mess with her. She, she had her stuff together. She was always ready on time. She kept that kitchen like running, even if she wasn't, uh, you know, there was a, a, an executive chef, an executive sous chef, but she was like, we knew that she was the one that was like making sure like orchestrating on her end, all the fun, all, all the stuff that was kind of happening. So mm-hmm. I really, at first I was, I was like amazed by her. And of course there's some like intimidation because she had it all together and she knew what was going on but yeah um, and slowly we became friends and I really looked up to her ability to be cool and calm under pressure because that's certainly something that I still strive for today uh and just her ability to get it done get it done tactfully get it done and not take any any crap from anybody <laughs> pardon the language but it was really that attitude that really got her forward and I was I, I really admired her and to this day every time I I think about my time there. I'm like, oh, wow, she was so, uh, so inspirational for me. And like, I'm like, someone could do this. It's not like a, a woman could do it, but also anybody can do it. Like you, you just need to put in the hours and put in the time. And um, she's gone on to do great things in her, in her career too. And we've remained friends. And uh, she's, she's just, she was one of the uh, wonderful people I got to meet uh, at my time in the restaurants. That's great. I, I, she sounds amazing. Um, and I love the vegetable reference. Actually, the you know the ve- vegetables have come up a few times in this conversation, so <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's a pretty good segue. Um, you now work with good food, and it's been I think it's been very interesting because you know food is an industry where um, you know the model is pretty established, right? It's like you know there's grocery stores, there's obviously yeah. everything that's restaurant and catering and uh, prepared meals, and you know over the past few years there's been kind of this new category, right? Of uh, companies that provide uh, solutions and a delivery service where we can, you know, have ready-made recipes that we we then make at home, and uh, Good Food is one of those players. So, how did you cross paths with that company? How did you uh, start being involved with them? Um, well, I was looking for a new challenge. Uh, I was working with a, another food-related uh, family-run business, and I did that after working in the restaurants for a couple of years to kind of be able to bridge that gap, like I mentioned previously, about between food and business. And I said, I need a new challenge. So I was looking online and uh, I stumbled upon good food. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. This mm-hmm. was, again, quite a while ago. So I 
I was like thinking to myself, hmm, okay, let's, why not? Let's, let's apply to a role here. It was a manager role. Uh, the business, I had never heard of them before. It was a small business at the time. So they reached out to me uh, after I had applied. I don't even remember the delay or how long it was. Um, and they said, oh, your profile looks very interesting. Um, would you be interested in a job at Good Food? I said, well, okay. Uh, and I soon realized that they were kind of missing half of my CV. They had only seen my work in restaurants. They hadn't even seen uh, the, the, the last couple of years of work in between that. So it was, I think it was a bit of fate that brought me to Good Food because I'm not sure under the circumstances someone would have just hired me without knowing the, my last three years of work. So I know there's always some element of kind of serendipity or chance that, that kind of plays out. So I won't discount it here in my journey to good food, but I started um, with the business and we were a small team. I worked very closely with our co-founders and I just learned about their love of food and their love of kind of revolutionizing the industry. I never mm -hmm. thought about it like, yes, you like, as you mentioned, grocery stores, everyone went to the grocery store. They did their weekly shopping. Yeah. They did their several weeks, several trips to the grocery store a week. And it hadn't been changed in a really long time. So I said, okay, Absolutely. this is really an, an interesting opportunity. And I had never thought that we would grow into the business that we are today. So when mm -hmm. I started, it was so small. I think we were a handful, we were like 50 employees in the whole business, something around there. And we were just getting our, like rolling up our sleeves and doing all, all the fun stuff that is involved in building a startup from kind of ground zero or a year and a half into the business is when I joined. So, mm. Yeah, that, that that's impressive and, and and rapid growth, and goes to show us that the way um, the way we interact with food and how we approach meal preparation has completely changed. Right, completely. I think the popularity of a service like Good Food reflects that entirely. Yeah, people are really looking. I mean, when we started as a meal kit, people were looking for, or they didn't even know they were looking for it. People had issues with um, spending a lot of time in the kitchen. Uh, yeah. preparing the same meals week in, week out. Everyone has, well, most people have an arsenal of recipes that they could do and they would cycle through those on a weekly basis. You had your, mm -hmm. your favorite chicken breast recipe, your maybe uh, you knew how to make a nice pasta dish and a couple of other things. Uh, but I think that this, this service kind of let people know that it doesn't have to be all left up to you. You can mm -hmm. rely on somebody else to come up with the creative ideas to give you the ingredients, ingredients that you necessarily would not know what to do with or not even know where to find. And right. then also cut down on that waste because that's where we started. We, people were cooking. I, I'm a single, uh, I live alone and cooking for one person or even yeah. cooking for two people, you have a lot of waste. You're buying, you know, uh, whole vegetables, whole heads exactly. of lettuce and you're like, I yeah. only need a half. And yeah. so this, I think was a, a major appeal at the beginning to adding the creativity, removing the need to go shop at, at numerous grocery stores to find the specialty items that we like to put in our kits. So mm -hmm. it kind of, I don't think people realize that they needed a service like ours at the beginning because <laughs> it was so new. And so we had yeah. to create a need, like we realized there was a need, but we created the audience for it by, you know, presenting great options, delivering on a great product week in, week out. So I mm -hmm. think this sort of I mean, we're obviously not the only players in the game and other people, uh, other companies uh, were doing the same thing, but this really like shone a light on what was missing. And so yeah. people have been 
really excited to adopt a meal kit service and people who thought like, yeah, I know how to cook. I'm not lazy. I know what I'm doing. Um, but same time, like you want to be creative. You don't have the time to look in, you know, five different cookbooks a week and pick uh, the items that you think are great and go search for all those ingredients. We've delivered it to your door. Um, so the simplicity is there and you get to create a, a dish homemade there's like that achievement element to it. And it's like, wow, I could do it. I could cook. I never cooked before, but I could do it with these instructions. I've pre prepared a great meal for my uh, family. And I think that that part is, was super exciting. And we just kind of grew from there. And of course, now we don't just do meal kits, but um, that's, that's, where we, that's where we really began. And, and that's amazing. And it's been, again, so interesting seeing, you know, the growth of that new category and everyone, it seems, is now using, you know, good food. And uh, it's, it, you're certainly one of the, the, the most popular options. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes sound advice, plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaboration-based approach. They work with both internal and external partners who can provide education, financing, mentorship, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. Today's episode of The Brand is Female is brought to you by Good Food. I love how dedicated Good Food is to continuously evolving and meeting the needs of busy Canadian food lovers. And while just about anyone who relies on a nutritious home-cooked meal to get through their day. With our ever busier lifestyles, Good Food truly knows how to make Canadians' lives happier and healthier every day. Visit makegoodfood.ca to learn more about healthy meals delivered straight to your door. I always like to talk about uh, leadership skills with my guests, and mm -hmm. I find it very interesting because, um, you know, friends I know and, and people I know in the food industry, it's almost like when you're a chef um, and, and no matter what setting you end up working in, you're also an entrepreneur, right? So you bring, you have, you need business acumen, you, you need to bring those skills to your game, whether you're working in a restaurant or have your catering business or whatever you're doing. Of course. And, um, I always like to ask women what leadership skills or traits they think they bring to their work and, you know, that also connect with them being a woman as opposed to a man. And, you know, I think there are feminine leadership traits that men can also embody. But I want to hear in your case, you know, what's something that you think you bring to the job um, that might be different than what a male chef does? Yeah, great question, of course. Um For me, I think my leadership style is that, well, one of the leadership elements that I bring to the team is like, I truly do care about the people that I work with. I see the team as someone who can, the team can help bring up the organization. And it's not just to um, shine a light on me. It's a team success. It's not Jordana's success. So I wouldn't be able to have the great career that I have without wonderful people on my team. And I truly do care about the people I work with. I want to help coach them to the best of my abilities to bring them up, to use my mindfulness to understand the struggles and be an advocate for them. And also just 
like it's caring about people. It's not, there's no such thing as like a, a work persona and a life persona that you, that are not intertwined in my perspective. You bring yourself to your job and I care about people and I'm extremely sensitive. So I, I, I can, I can feel when people are not happy. And I think it's just my tuning into those soft, like those soft skills and understanding how people truly feel and how they're behaving when you have a meeting with them and how you can kind of work on improving. And it's not always easy and I don't always have mm -hmm. the answers. And of course, mm -hmm. um, some things you can and cannot control, but it's, it's lifting people up, caring about the people that you work with um, and treating them like part of the success and not just a means to get somewhere else. And they're not, mm. um, I would not be anywhere without the team uh, of people that work with me, um, the people that have inspired me as well. Uh, but it's all about a team effort. And I am very proud of the work that they're doing um, and the resilience that they have, but it's really being mm -hmm. in tune with their, their feelings and then taking that into account um, and mm -hmm. putting that forward and, and trying to help them, you know, unlock uh, and get to the next level with their, their skills to bring us all up. Mm -hmm. mm, absolutely. Um, we can't ignore the past year and a half going on yeah. two years, I guess, at this point, the, you know, the reality we've been living through and it does feel like we're entering kind of a recovery phase, you know, post pandemic, of course. Um, and, you know, when I think of, a, of, of, of your work and, and of good food, um, it does seem like, you know, it became an issue, uh, you know, around meal planning. And I think of women specifically, and often on this show, we've talked about how women have been specifically affected, um, and this is very unfortunate, but, um, you know, the, the, the side effects of this pandemic and lockdown and women having increased responsibilities around childcare, and often they're the ones who, uh, you know, had to stay home, take care of children. We know there's been uh, the term she session, you know, running around because uh, women, a lot of women lost their jobs and had yeah. their careers impacted and their livelihood impacted as a result of the pandemic. And it, you know, it did shed a light on, on a lot of inequities in our, in our system. Um, what's interesting is, you know, you work for a company that offers a service that I think became a lifesaver for a lot of people, um, mm -hmm. purely for practical reasons, right? It was like, I mean, I think, I think of my own experience. I think all of us were also fed up with, I don't know what to cook for myself anymore because maybe I used to eat out a few times a week and this is not an option. But I also think of women who struggle with meal planning for the entire family. Um, first, I want to ask you, you know, what was it like for you? What was your experience during the, uh, the, the pandemic, but also did this shift at any point, um, you know, how you approach your work? Yeah, uh, well, of course, this last almost going on a year and a half plus has certainly been a challenge. Uh, and it's not lost on me the the struggles that women are facing in this time. And I have a lot of friends and uh, my sister who are mothers, and it's been extremely challenging when you don't have any uh, outside support. You can't rely on your family uh, to help when like, like they used to because you were staying away from uh, more senior people and keeping your distance with your young children. And I really saw how hard and how much women had to take on. So it's really remarkable, um, the resilience that people have 
had to kind of take on to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, um, I like, I don't have uh, any children um, yet, hopefully one day, but I don't have children. And so like that element of groceries and having your kids at home and having to um, shop and when the store shelves didn't have all the things that you were looking for like I know that that was a a problem because I saw it from my friends and my family Um, so I think for us like you mentioned it it was a really uh, good food was like a lifesaver and we don't take that term lightly like we were doing whatever we could to make sure we got everyone's food to them on one weekly basis. And it wasn't easy. There was, there was weeks where supply chain issues and logistic issues and all the things that came with uh, the pandemic life were really trying on the business. Mm-hmm. And, but it was, it was critical to us. We, we knew that like, I never thought we would be in a, I would be an essential service person in a food industry. <laughs> and it, it sounds a bit like cliche, but um we knew that we had a job. We knew we had a really important job to make sure Canadians had their food. So um, it was an important kind of moment for us to say, hey, like we care about our our, our members, our clients. Um, anyone who is buying from us really is using us now more than ever as a, as a lifeline. So uh, it was a conversation that we had a weekly, almost on a weekly basis. Like, what can we do? Um, let's give us our, our, our members more options. Can we have faster meals so that even in a, you know, a 30 minute meal, people don't have 30 minutes. So we worked on 20 minutes and 10 minute recipes. So people could have even like have their hands free quicker after they've made their meal and fed their family. So I think we knew we were holding something very, uh, like very precious. And we knew we had to deliver on that promise. And of course, there were challenges, we didn't always do it 100% right. But we had Mm -hmm. that goal in mind to make sure that we were not um, letting people down who really needed us more mm-hmm. than ever at this time. So uh, that was kind of, kind of our guiding light throughout uh, the pandemic. And I'll add that, you know, I asked you the question earlier, what are leadership traits that you bring to work, you know, as a, as a woman in your position? Yeah. And I would add that I think this, you know, this, this care that you have for others and this responsibility that you feel for others and this empathy, right? I would add to your list of traits yeah, because, um, and, and, you know, often, often women will kind of bring that up, right? I had a guest mm, yes. who referred to bringing mom skills to ah, the business. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of, uh, kind of interesting because often in a corporate context, we've been taught as leaders to, you know, not, not show that kind of, that kind of care, right? It's more yes. of like a, an aggressive type of leadership, um, right. but it sounds like you're approaching this, you know, with, with really that goal to be, uh, you feel the responsibility for others, which is, which is great to hear and a sign of a, a true leader. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. Thanks. And, um, what is, what, what are things that you need in your life? Um, and it's funny because you've talked about, you know, the support that, um, a, a service like the one you, you work for, you know, provides for others. What's one thing that you need in your life to kind of stay, uh, in flow, to feel like you're, you know, grounded to a certain extent. And I, I always dislike using the concept of balance because I don't think yeah. that's achievable and we've been sold <laughs> that we can do it all, but it's not true. Um, so what are things that, you know, you do to kind of keep your two feet on the ground, even when things get completely hectic? That's- 
Um, it is certainly a constant work in progress on that front. Um, when you work at a business that is operating 24-7, it's not easy to like try and find um, that so-called balance. Of course, like you said, I agree with you completely. Balance is really elusive. Um, if you love what you do, you are able to put in the time and extra time. But for me, the stuff that keeps me grounded, um, I recently took up spinning and I have a spinning bike at mm -hmm. home and that's really helped me. Uh, I, I knew conceptually that moving my body and uh, doing exercise would make me feel better. But I always, I, I hadn't, I, I never reached that point. I guess I didn't mm -hmm. add it to the routine enough. Uh, but now I have uh, have that so close by, there's really no uh, excuse. And I've been able to kind of get on that. And that's helped me kind of sweat it out, think things through, just turn off that side of my working brain for uh, a half an hour, an hour each, like almost daily when I can fit it in. Uh, I've also taken up uh, meditation right at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I'm like, I was alone uh, for a couple of months without seeing friends or family. Mm -hmm. So that I was like, I need, I need another, I need another thing to help ground me. So the meditation and journaling has helped as well. I also have a coach that I work with that teaches me mindfulness and helps me um, get to creating that balance and having a sounding board and someone to talk to and talk through those challenges that I've experienced um, has been really helpful um, with actionable kind of results um, so or actionable items to get to the results. So that's been really helpful throughout um my career and uh, most importantly in this time that we've just experienced. So I would say that those are the three things and also getting outside, getting some fresh air. And of course, spending now that I can spending time with my family, my close mm -hmm. family, we were very close. And so weekly dinners uh, and just getting around the table and <laughs> hanging out with my nephew is really helpful. Of me. course there's food involved. <laughs> of course. I mean, that's it. It has to be. <laughs> um, Jordana, what's your favorite thing to cook? Oh, that's such a, uh, like, I get to often ask this question and I'm like, it depends on my mood, but I will say um, probably my favorite thing to cook and eat is uh, a big prime rib roast. And I usually oh, okay. uh, do that for my birthday. I mean, I eat a couple of times a year, but it's always a joke that I buy myself that for my birthday and I eat it with my family and everyone thinks I'm a bit uh, cuckoo, but I think that's just part of the appeal. Like uh, my life is in food and nothing like a well-cooked roast beef uh, to uh, wish yourself a happy birthday. So I would say that 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 dish holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> that's a good one. I love that. <laughs> I, I've recently gone plant-based, so okay. can't, I can't be eating it anymore. Not, not you know, not. It, I, I, I used to enjoy meat very much, so I totally get it. And, and, and that sounds lovely. Um, <laughs> And then my, one of my favorite questions to ask guests on the show, and I, I, I keep kind of reframing this question a little bit. So the, 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 the latest way I like to ask it is what's one thing you wish women would do less of, and what's one thing you wish women would do more of? Oh, that's a great one. I keep saying that, but you keep coming up with wonderful things to ask me. Um, <laughs> what would, I would say the thing I think women should do less of is second guessing themselves or I don't yes. know if this is widespread, but from what I hear and what I've experienced, it's a constant that imposter syndrome is always uh -huh. like kind of in the back of your mind. Like, yeah, what do I know? Do I know it? What, what is my, what is my clout to say anything? So I think it's second guessing 
Yeah. You have experience. Um, you know what you're talking about. There's expertise in a field. Be confident. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a, it answers a question kind of both ways. Be more confident. Um, I always struggle with that. And it's mm-hmm. like knowing your, what you're saying has value and t- asking for, for, for what you know uh, is, is, is warranted and speaking forth to what you know is an issue um, and just mm-hmm. letting yourself uh, put information out there and not feel intimidated. So it's stop mm-hmm. feeling yeah. intimidated, stop holding back, but also on the do more, do more of speaking your mind and do more of um, constructively and with proper context and frame say what you mean. And I think mm-hmm. that that's, that, that would answer the, the question both ways. I, I, yeah. And I, that was a great way of answering the more and the less with, <laughs> with, a, with the same concept. So that was great. Well, thank you so much, Jordan. It was a pleasure getting to know you better and hearing about your work. Uh, and yeah, best of luck for what's next. Excited to see uh, what you'll be working on and what new innovations we can expect from good food. I look forward to presenting uh, and working on them and so clients and our members can get them at their doorstep. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs, for the support of The Brand is Female. You got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening. I'll be back in a week with a new guest. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Marketing and digital growth, Kayla Gillis. And partnerships, Natalie Hope. Yeah.